The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi, everyone. Hi, this is Gwendolyn, and I want to welcome you to the Visual Workplace. Welcome this week. We have a, a very interesting continuation of our discussion on visual leadership. We're focusing on supervisors, and I'm here to share what I know. I'm your host at the Visual Workplace, our weekly radio show, where we explore and celebrate the principles and the practices, the concepts, the tools, the methods, the strategies, the people, and the results of workplace visuality, of letting the workplace speak, of embedding our intelligence, our operational intelligence, into the living landscape of work and our performance improves, and our results improve, and we are happy. We enjoy ourselves at work. (laughs) This is the point. (laughs) The struggle evaporates, and we can simply do our work. We can be heroes at our work because the workplace has become a partner in our journey to operational excellence and excellent execution of our uh, supposed-to-happens, of our standards, of the design, of the intention of the um, workplace. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I've been doing this work, I guess I'm going into my 32nd year, for heaven's sakes. And I tell you, I, I have more fun doing this than anything, almost anything else I can think of. <laughs> but I also, it's, it's riveting, it's compelling. It's not just enjoying myself. It really uh, has proven to be a field that um, helps me grow as a person and grow in a kind of uh, understanding that I value a great deal. Uh, I've always said that once you begin to study visuality, you fall in love with it because it becomes our own language and we understand the world around us and we understand what we can do at work. What is the nature of our struggle? What is the nature of the struggle that comes from missing information? It's pervasive and it is very upsetting. When you can't find your car keys, that is an information deficit. You are asking the question, where, 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 and you don't know where is. I'm going to say that again. You don't know where, where is because you haven't established it. That's why it's so enormously helpful to have a little plate or have a little corner of your table when you walk in to your house where you put your keys because that's where your where is. Well, in the workplace, 
if we're working on the visual wear, which is, as you know, the first doorway, which is the step that takes the most commotion out of working, if you're working on that first doorway, the visual wear, you're going to embed it. And you'll do that through borders and addresses, wonderful, robust addresses, or if you choose, generic addresses because that serves your purposes better. Visuality is a language, and it is a language that we already speak, but we must learn to bring that language into the workplace. The, the one place that we need it the most because the specs are so exact, because our performance is a very designed performance. We need help. We're just humans. We forget, and then we forget that we forgot. That's what my sensei Shinko used to always say. In Japanese, of course, we forget, but worse than that, we forget that we forgot, and then we're in trouble. (laughs) He had an unusual mind. So today, we are going to continue our discussion. It's going to go on for a while. We're in our 10th show on visual leadership. That doesn't trouble me at all. I anticipated that. This is a very rich field, very rich, has many, many layers, and it enables us to talk about a lot of components of the visual workplace in some depth. And today we are going to begin the discussion of metrics and visual metrics. I have just a few announcements first, but let me say that that discussion is part of this series, which is on the new leadership. Visual leadership, becoming a leader of improvement by applying the principles and practices of visuality. The principles and practices practices of visual leadership. Okay, so we'll walk through that model in case you are new to the discussion very, very quickly, but uh, then we'll get into metrics. Last week we did, actually last week we did our, our, um, our mailbag, which was really great. We heard from a group of supervisors, three supervisors from Honduras, and we also heard from George from Georgia. And we heard from, ah, was it Pete from the utilities company? John, John from Ohio, the utilities plant. Thank you. And by the way, they all got a book. We were in touch with them. Which book would you like? We sent it to them because we used their question on air. We're going to have another mailbag show on this series in about four weeks, maybe five weeks after I do a chunk. That should be, by then we should have handled metrics fairly well. And we'll wait for your questions. We'll give you a book if we use your question on air. But also, anybody who emails in, we put you in a big bucket. Or we put your emails in a big bucket, I should say. And we draw five names and we send books out there as well. We want to say thank you, but we also think that the books will be useful to you. Uh, The books that we're sending is either Work That Makes Sense or uh, Visual Workplace, Visual Thinking. The other books, my Smart Simple Design book, After a year and a half, do you remember that series of shows I did on Smart Simple Design beginning in September 2012? The book is about, I would say, 12 hours away from being completed. uh, We're sending it to the designer. We have a wonderful designer in Australia. His name is Ewan Sujono. He does fabulous work. and, um, And he's designing the book for us and making it very beautiful. And this book is... I'm very, very proud of it. It's been a lot, a lot of work. I I work with my wonderful editor, Aurelia Navarro, who has so far been the editor on four or five Shingo award-winning books. Two of them have been mine. 
And she does um, a really great job in helping me surface what I mean. She doesn't write for me, but we look at a sentence and we see if it means anything and if it builds in a particular direction. Anyway, I'm using your precious time again uh, today to uh, talk about myself personally. And let me just mention a few things that are going on. We want you to come to our website. We want you to look at the books. They are all in about another six weeks. They will all be on Kindle or print-on-demand through Amazon. That should be available globally. If they're not available in your area, get in touch with us and we will see what we can do. Maybe the, some little uh, setting was off in our Amazon store, and but it should be getting to you. You should be able to get it on your continent. We also have a wonderful webinar series. We want to direct your attention to a secondary web- website that talks about those webinar products. It's called visually-smart.com, visually-smart.com. So you can take a look at that and contact the people there if you have interest. And uh, also get the podcast for this show, all set up in a very nice menu, grouped by categories, visual leadership, 5S, visual controls, infrastructure, All the shows are organized in that way, and you can um, just print out the menu, but you can also download or listen to the podcast, whichever you choose, okay? And we have three events coming up, four events, one in Oklahoma, May the 14th and 15th, one in uh, Portland, June uh, 8th, 9th, and 10th, I believe, and then I'm going to the UK the following week for two uh, public seminars, one of them with at the Hotel Chocolat, and the other one uh, with the Royal Mail. We're going to be doing visual leadership with the Royal Mail. Jeepers, we have to get those announcements on the website. But the, the, the details have just kind of fallen into place. And I am going to China. I mean, I haven't traveled in about five months. I've loved it because I'm working on this book. And then I'm going to do like three continents in one month. And I know that I'll just be a, a broken person by the time I get back in the middle of July. But I'm very, very excited about going to China, not, not for any other reason than it's China. I mean, think about it. These are magical places. I know, I know, I live in a fantasy land about that, and I will soon have reality to measure against that. But I'm excited about that, and I want to thank my good uh, friend Stephen Lee for organizing it. It's very, very kind of you indeed. Looking forward to uh, working with you and to uh, doing great things together. So you can check out our website at visualworkplace.com. You can email us at radio at visualworkplace.com. And uh, we'll, you know, we'll respond. So what we're doing today, we started our series back in February with some constructs. Remember, our series is on visual leadership. And we separated leadership into two camps. One camp is for executives, and the other is for managers and supervisors. And we're referring to that group as the supervisor group, because the supervisors are largely, largely overlooked in terms of their leadership contribution. Not because anybody decided that, but simply because traditionally supervisors are busy 
dealing with all of the things that don't work about the operational system, chasing down logistics and fighting fires. Right? And that's the way it is. And that's the way it stays for a while. It doesn't change overnight. But as it begins to change, we want the supervisors to make a different level of contribution because they're human beings too. They have full resources at their disposal. We just can't call upon them because we have them busy being busy doing so many other things. But a supervisor wants to contribute, wants to be part of, if you will, the fun, part of the satisfaction, part of the sense of helping, improving, being part of the strategy of operational excellence. So we divided those into two camps, if you will, two profiles. And we went through the profile, a new role description or job description for executives, a new one for supervisors, and then we focused on the tools for each set. And that's what we're about now. Last week and the week before and the week before, we talked about visual displays, which is the first tool for supervisors. We began with supervisors. The functions of visual leadership are captured in three main tools for supervisors. Visual displays, as I described them, this is beyond visual scheduling, beyond production control boards, not just a dashboard. Second, it's the one we're beginning today, visual metrics, closely linked in the same circle with visual problem solving. So I've lodged two of them as the second tool, visual metrics and problem solving and visual problem solving. Because why measure if you're not going to improve? Nobody jumps on the scale just to see how uh, heavy they are. They jump on the scale if they think they've got a chance to change it or if they're in the process of changing it or if it is changing. But nobody puts themselves through that torture just because they want to know, oh, you know what? I'm still 20 pounds overweight. (laughs) Okay. Visual displays. And then as a a set, visual metrics and visual problem solving. And the third is the operations roadmap, which I have told you, but I don't expect it to make sense for you right now, but it will, comes later. And then the three tools for visual leadership on the executive level. What's called, what I call the operation system improvement template. You call it the house, but it is different. And, oh dear, I have to take a break. Let me just finish this sentence and I will. <laughs> so the house, the second tool is the X-type matrix or some form of powerful systematic hotion. And the third is the war room. And all of these work together. This is a synergistic embedded system. And it is the construct that I'm looking at right now explaining to you is a nested star. Two tetrahedrons or two triangles. You could call it a six-pointed star. Anyway, let's pick this up after the break. We have a lot to cover today. I look forward to, to doing that. See you in just a moment. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how 
through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, Visual Edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Yes, hi, it's Gwendolyn. Welcome back. And we are going to now jump into our discussion about metrics. And, of course, I have some introductory things to say. When we are talking about these tools of leadership, my experience has been that you can lead without them, but the question is, can you lead effectively and comprehensively? In my experience, I have seen that without these tools, the ones that I just named before the break, and on the supervisory level, they are visual displays, visual metrics, visual problem solving, and the operations roadmap, that your effectiveness as a leader is not only compromised, but I don't believe you can actually lead without them. So we start on the supervisor side of the street. And over these recent shows, I've shared some key points about displays, which, as you remember, are not scheduling boards or production control boards or dashboards. Those are all very important. I am not dismissing them, but they are not leadership tools. They do not advance the vision of excellence. They simply monitor it. And I ask you again and again to make that distinction, to say what is it that my eyes are seeing and what is it doing to my brain when you look at visuality. And when you look at information, What you have to ask yourself is, who is driving me to the next step? Am I doing it through my native intelligence, extrapolating, interpreting interpreting that information, and therefore making a jump? Or is the visual format itself helping me? Because data is data, and unless it is in an interpretive format, 
unless it is in a format that is designed to help you see what it means. It is simply data. It is simply data. It has very limited usefulness. Not known usefulness, but limited usefulness. And if you know a great deal about metrics, you probably don't need to listen to this show, but maybe my take on what we both know will give you some additional language for you to get people's attention on this. The connection between a visual format, I call it pattern, and the brain is intimate, subtle, and always there. The mind is always looking for meaning. We call it pattern. And the emotion, the most efficient way of accessing the mind and its power is through pattern. The most efficient way. And so we bring that same fundamental visual principle about pattern to metrics. So when you look at numbers, you ask, you look at those numbers and you ask, is the meaning that I'm deriving from those numbers simply from my own expertise or is the format in which these numbers are housed helping me? And that's the difference between monitoring behavior through metrics and actually focusing on improving it. I call it driving improvement. Okay? So... I want to say something else about metrics. So that's, that's one big piece that KPIs, dashboards, simply monitored that I have seen. And I have seen some really cool formats with stacked lights and, you know, it revolves. It's on wheels. You can take it to lunch if you want to, but it's still a metric that monitors only, and I call those simply visual measures. They're visible. I, I Actually, in my bad moments, I call them visible met- measures. That, to me, is a damning adjective. <laughs> visible met- me- measures. But let me put metrics and leadership in another context. Do you remember the many discussions, I think there have been many over the last three years, that we've had about the six core questions that visual leadership is designed to answer? The six core questions are part of what I call the eight building blocks of visual thinking. There's a whole module on this, and if you've read any of my books, you'll see this. In my last two books, there's a whole chapter on it. The eight building blocks. Uh, One building block is I-driven. Another is standard. Another is the six core questions. Another is what is work? What is motion? What are motion metrics? Et cetera, et cetera. Eight of them. And those six core questions are where, what, when, who, how many, and how. Where, what, when, who, how many, and how. And it's a shorthand way of conceptualizing visuality. They are not methodology, these six core questions, but they give you a helpful handle on understanding what visuality is all about so that you say, okay, let's make the where visual. Let's make the what visual. Let's have a visual when, a visual who, a visual how many, how long, how much, 
and a visual how, which is a visual standards. Very useful. And operators, associates, the workforce get very involved in creating that level of visuality and benefiting from from it. Same for offices, same for shop floor, no matter the venue, no matter the industry, those six core questions are one of the ways you can assess is visuality in place. You can also think about this as granularity, the granularity of those questions. And there are lots and lots of ways of handling them, but conceptually, it's an, it's, it's an important handle, an important uh, framework of thinking. But there is another question, another core question. If you will, there is another W, and that W is the W of why. Why? Why are we doing this? Why are we investing these resources? Why are we measuring, for example? To what end do we do these things? To what end are we in business even? And the answer to that why and the ownership of the why and its response is the domain of the leader. It is the executive leadership. The executive leadership has to frame that. And when we get to the executive side of the street and becoming a leader of improvement, we will be talking about tools that help in a very substantial way leaders, executives, frame the answer to that question right for their company. Why? Why to what purpose? Unearthing and then understanding the purpose of the things that justify the company's existence. And the effective leader will share that, will share the why, will share the purpose, and there are mechanisms for that. One name for uh, such a mechanism is the vision, company mission, et cetera, et cetera. The house, as they say. (laughs) We'll get to that. So that's the domain of leadership. The workforce is in charge of installing the answers to the six core questions of operations comprehensively across the enterprise. The leaders tackle the seventh core question, why? Why is that is their domain? And the answer is wide and substantial. So supervisors will um, link to the executives why, and in the best of all worlds, supervisors represent that. I call it the corporate intent. Supervisors represent the corporate intent. Displays, as we've discussed, will give them enough margin to begin to shift their identity. They'll get some relief through their visual displays because their displays are focused on their pain, where their struggle is. That'll give them a little margin. And with that spare space, that spare time, they begin to say, what is my higher calling? What's my higher purpose? How can I contribute? How can I be part of supporting and promoting the why? And one of the ways that supervisors do does one of the ways that supervisors do this I have a background in Latin. It's sometimes hard for me to think in English. <laughs> is through metrics. It's a major contribution. And I have, there are many, many ways that metrics can come into a department. 
But today I'm talking about metrics coming into the department by the decision of the supervisor. The supervisor says, look, I've got KPIs. I know how bad it is. Every stinking day I have to write it down and make my confession. But I'm going to try something else. I'm going to create a wedge of leadership so that we are able to see and we are be able to put substance and insight around our measures and they will uplift us instead of depress us. Because you know what? It was bad yesterday. It's worse today. I can't seem to get a handle on this stuff. So we're going to give the supervisors the opportunity to create visual metrics. And we'll talk about how after this next break. I'll see you in a moment. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Game-changing technologies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up the status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take a coffee break with Game Changers on Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time for our special series on today's top big data innovators. Learn about emerging big trends and technologies and how you can grow your business and profit. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back, everyone. This is Gwendolyn. Welcome to the third segment of the Visual Workplace today. And we have begun our discussion of measurement systems and metrics and eventually very soon, visual metrics in quite a bit of depth. So I've been making some remarks about metrics and who's responsible for them. You can receive a directive from your boss that says you will measure in this way and you will collect and publish these measures at this, uh, in this kind of a format 
at this um, regularity, at this interval. And that often happens. The KPIs come down from the top. And to tell you the truth, I believe that is as it should be. I hold that executives, that the corporate intent has to encompass how it measures itself and that that is a right thing to do. But what I'm including in this chain of intent is supervisors, and that's a little bit new for some companies, that supervisors are actually lieutenants or um, stewards of the corporate intent. I want to say a couple more words. What I want to cover in this uh, section is uh, measures that don't work and why, but I, and then I want to give you the brief outline of what a visual metric is so you can see its uh, components. I think we'll have time for that. But I, I again and again, and I, re- I received an email again last week from, um, from Denise in um, Chicago. And she said, I don't understand your lack of support for an LCD, an LCD monitor. And I... Actually, I had a little co- a phone call conversation with her because it's really hard for me to write my responses. Since I'm a writer, it's never good enough, and I have to always work on it and work on it and work on it. So what I said to her is what you've heard me say before. LCD monitors are a part of our landscape. They are not going to go away, and they are useful for showing data, for showing data. But I have never seen a monitor actually trigger action. <laughs> and and so use your monitors but understand that if you do not see improvement as you what you will what you will experience is a sense of relief if your uh, environment if your work environment has data that is hidden holding its secrets and you don't know where or how to find it lcd monitors can do an enormous make an enormous contribution by simply revealing information. But that is not the same as harnessing that information for improvement. We cannot figure out our company and its status and its needs on a rectangular screen. The rectangular screen will help us, but it will not help us understand and move into action. It will be a component. It will make a contribution. I want to say this again. We cannot figure out our company and its status and direction on a rectangular screen. It's a much richer discussion than that. And that's what I told her. And that's what I tell you. Let me tell you about monitor, uh, about measures that don't work so that you know. They have particular characteristics. And I want to recommend to you, although I don't know, I'm not sure at all that what I'm about to say came from um, uh, Kunrat's book, but there's a wonderful author whose name is Kunrat, C-O-O-N-R-A-D-T, Kunrat. He has done some beautiful books on measurement systems. The book that I like the most is The Game of Work. Read that. Get it on Amazon. It's fantastic. He's from Utah. I don't think he's doing seminars anymore. And I've I've only met him in person. Very lovely guy. Uh, I've only met him once. But uh, if I, if I could get to one of his seminars, I definitely would. Because there's a gentleman 
that I can learn from and uh, and who is aligned with what I believe. So <laughs> it would be easy. So when you're adopting a measurement system, you have to uh, be aware of what are the characteristics that will um, cause it to fail. You will know that your approach is not entirely effective if and when you see any or all of the following symptoms. And I'm just going to list them and then I'll explain them. One is infrequent. Two is abstract. Three is irrelevant. Four is late. And I'll explain this in a moment. Five is not motivating. Six is incomplete. And seven is simply called, I call it, not my job. So measures that don't work, here's why. If the measure is infrequent, what will happen is people won't care about the measure because the period of time between the measurement, which is called an interval, is too long. The data are not fresh, and people know that. They know the results are too late to what? Too late to do anything about. The body is dead. It's a dead body. We're looking at it. It ain't pretty. That kind of measure doesn't work, and that's why. An abstract measure on the operational level doesn't work either because people don't care what the data say because they don't see themselves in it. The data is too abstract. The measures must speak in a voice I recognize as my own. And we're going to do a show, I think the next one, on the voice of the user to get the voice of the user into your metric. Very, very important, very powerful. Measures that speak in someone else's voice and not my own are interesting to that someone else, and that's the nature of KPIs. Someone else is interested in them. You have to motivate people a lot. You have to work pretty hard to get them interested in improving KPIs because they do not lend themselves to improvement. They just show how you fail today. They, and they are not specific in general to one's organizational level. They're abstract. Here's another one, number three, irrelevant. People proceed on their own, but they don't pay attention to what the measurement says because those metrics are not relevant to their own work. Oh, that has nothing to do with me. They're not specific to the organizational level we just mentioned, but they're not relevant to my own work, which would be, I mean, an extreme case would be ROI or it would be uh, 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 clearly a management level. But it can be something as simple as defects that are caused by a different department, not us. So when you get down to the granular level For a metric to be relevant, it really must talk about what I'm experiencing during the day and what I can impact. Otherwise, it's someone else's children, someone else's problem, not mine. Here's another one, number four, late. People don't care about what the data say because the results are posted late. The graphs and charts are not kept current. They're not maintained. The data isn't fresh for another reason. Before, it wasn't fresh because it was infrequent. But this time, it's simply late. No one's keeping up the chart. So that was number four. Number five, not motivating. People 
We'll wait to see the results before moving ahead. If you start a measurement system, they'll get triggered. And they feel that they must know how they did before they take the next steps. In other words, people will, be, will react to a metric instead of investigate it on their own. They will wait for the metric to be published rather than understanding how they're contributing or causing that metric. They feel controlled by the result instead of by the metric, by the published metric, by the chart, instead of motivated by it. It will just be a pronouncement, incomplete. People, we, we find that people don't care what the metric says if the results tell only part of the picture. And not even the key parts, if the data is incomplete. Yeah, this happened, but you forgot about that. Yeah, the changeover took, took an hour longer than it was supposed to, but the battery was dead on the forklift. Where is that written? You're blaming me for that? You forgot to keep track of why it happened. You see how the why comes in? And the other is, it's not my job. Even though middle managers will to collect, continue to collect data, they often stop collecting it as soon as the pressure from the top is off. If nobody from the top pushes, they stop their measurement system. And that is a real symptom that you have a measurement system that is not owned. Just take the heat off. Don't say anything about the KPIs. Let it run for two or three weeks. If people stop doing it, it's because, you know what, the only reason they are doing it is because you are pushing it. So that's a set of characteristics of measures that don't work and my assessment on why. So now let's move over to the beginning of our discussion of visual metrics. Visual metrics. Company, company leadership is responsible for the, co- the corporate intent. We're including supervisors in that. Finding and focusing targets, finding targets and focusing those targets on strategic growth and tactical improvement. Deriving improvements through a metrics-based problem solving and turning results into operational best practices. Through this, managers, supervisors develop a fresh understanding and executives of how to use the language of visuality to grow and align and drive the organization, how to deploy visual leadership. So we're looking for a synergy there. Visual metrics are a different category of measurement function, in my view, and I I feel this very strongly, one that speaks a language that is meaningful to each of us, That's called voice of the user. Naming it in local terms, driving us down the causal chain to a victory that improves, often substantially, our daily work performance. Metrics that monitor versus metrics that drive. Your company needs both. You will not be able to get rid of the KPIs, and I don't think you should. I think they're very important. Metrics that monitor versus metrics that drive. Too often we make the mistake of thinking that just because a measure is visible, tacked on a bulletin board, 
that will create change. It will not. Metrics or measures that monitor do not drive. They're separated. Okay, we'll pick this up after a break and we'll complete our discussion and I'll give you, I think I'll have time to give you four, uh, five characteristics of visual metrics and that'll serve as a base for our conversation next week. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Gwendolyn. Welcome back. We're in the last segment of our show where we've begun to talk about measurement systems and metrics as part of the leadership model in our visual leadership series. This will take us several shows to go through. We will slide from metrics into visual problem solving, and hopefully you'll find something useful some, some things you can use uh, and maybe a great deal you can use from that discussion. So, you know, measurement systems are very important. There was a lot of discussion about a decade ago or more on Balanced Scorecard by Kaplan and Norton from Harvard, and uh, many companies are still using them. And it basically, it's a template of categories that lets you move into balance safety, quality, cost delivery, environment, etc., these, the extensions are key performance indicators. It's been important. Okay, and there are many measurement systems that use these as a base, but they are substantially different, different from what I call metrics that drive. They are metrics that monitor. They show us the problem. They tell us the problem. Useful as a snapshot of current 
weekly and monthly conditions, not that current, kind of dead weekly and monthly conditions because they've already happened and cause has evaporated, but they are, they are useful but of limited use as improvement drivers, and yet they are used as improvement drivers, and, and executives, supervisors, and managers wonder why they can't get any ma- mileage out of their collection, their minute collection, their dogged collection of uh, these KPIs. Visual metrics do more than monitor performance and report back data. They illuminate cause. And then anchored in cause, they drive improvement activity down the causal chain until viable solutions are identified and installed and used effectively. They will do this relentlessly. (laughs) The problem will be eliminated. And the new improved condition will be stabilized, of course, through visuality. Yes, a visual metric is a data point. It is a quantum, and it does provide feedback on a given performance. But its focus is unwaveringly on improving that performance and, as a result, its outcome. A visual metric will never collect data unless the data is going to be used. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. It's just another report. And its use is to drive the metric in the direction of the positive. Okay, this is a vital distinction. Hmm? So for companies who are collecting data, you're not going to stop. But there is a particular way of introducing visual metrics. And I will give you more detail on this as we talk about this, as we unfold this. But when you start with a visual metric, you keep your KPIs. If you have 7, if you have 15, if you have 30 that you collect every week, every month, keep them in place. Don't try to get rid of them. But choose one. Choose one to turn into a metric that drives. I'll give you the technology for that over these shows. So here, is, here are some characteristics of a visual metric. A visual metric is collected in real time. In real time. In, in a way, you can say the language that I've, uh, I sometimes use for that is at once. Visual metrics are tied to action, and in fact, as soon as the data expresses an abnormality, people act. We act to correct it. There is no interval, very tiny interval between knowledge and action, as narrow as possible. Corrective action is undertaken immediately, if you will, at once. Because, So I'm going to separate those two. The first is that the metric is collected and displayed in real time, and the action is at once. The third is there are points of comparison. An effective visual metric provides inside the graph itself, the collection, some point of comparison. It could be previous data versus now. It could be planned versus actual. It could be what other departments and are doing and what you are doing, what we are doing. Points of comparison to allow us to notice a problem as it occurs. It provides a start point. So that's number four. Number five, the most important, is that it illuminates cause. It tracks cause. It segments by cause. We're going to talk about stack data. I hope that you get how fabulous 
splendid, magnificent it is to stack your data based on cause will change everything. It's fundamental to creating and improving performance. Illuminating cause. And because it illuminates cause, it allows us to drive. It drives. It gives us a vehicle pointed in a direction and we can go down the causal chain. And it is based on the premise that all cause resides in a system of causes. So we're looking at a dynamic system, system dynamics, a dynamic system that is called either your bench, your department, or your company. And when we change causality in one aspect of that, it will send ripples through the entire organization. From that point of view, you don't have to worry about which one to choose. And as a savvy supervisor who is adopting leadership behaviors, you will let your team, you will let the operators, if you're a um, production floor supervisor, choose a metrics, a metric. And I'll give you some examples of this next week. I think we'll do, we'll do voice of the user next week, and we will begin to bring these six elements together, the six elements of a visual metric. But honestly, the list is not that important. What's important is for you to understand the, if you will, conceptual or philosophical orientation of what this metric is. And you must require this of everything you do. Eventually, you will. To what purpose does this serve? Does this help me in my purpose? And if it doesn't, you may still have to do that, supervisors, executives, and managers. But at least you will know, I'm doing this because I have to pay the man. (laughs) I got to pay the man. It's not what I prefer to do. But I have this little project off to the side that's going to revolutionize everything. I just have to learn how to do it, and I have to see the evidence for myself. And then I shall take it and present it and say, hey, boss, look at the results I got by using this formulation of the data that I gather anyway. I just did it more often, more frequently. I did it sooner. I took action on it. I stacked it so that I could see what the data meant in relation to causality, and I drove it. And I'd like to, I only need one, but I just want to let you know, sir, I'm going to keep collecting your, or madam, your KPIs, because I know they're very important to you. But the, the change came when I did it this way, when I tweaked it. And I have a favorite name for that, says you. I call these visual metrics. They're different. They're a different kettle of fish. Yeah. So I've given you the basics. I hope I have been sufficiently coherent for you to find something of uh, use out of this discussion. And that you will, I, I would like you to wait for a show or two before you try anything out because I can give you kind of a formula for trying something out. But I'd love for you to prepare yourself to try this, this approach out. Even if you are not on a track to become a leader of improvement, this will give you a leadership orientation to your department. Manager, manager of engineering, supervisor, 
of the machine shop, the tool room, of final assembly, of the nursing station, hmm? of the accounting pool. This will give you leverage, and it will be, I think, dramatically exciting. Dramatically exciting, because you are going to be like a detective, a group of detectives, and you're after the culprit. It becomes the hunt. (laughs) And the problem becomes the prey. (laughs) Thank you. I've had a wonderful time with you today. Uh, Please keep sending your emails. Uh, I love to hear from you. And if you want to include a phone number, that's my favorite way of being in touch with you. And I have Skype, so if you're out of the country, it's not a problem. Thank you very much. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. See you the next time. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 